podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're on. It's a Leicester Fiesta. Good evening and welcome to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast. You've got me again presenting for the first few minutes, Rick Flair. And we've got a few more boys with us tonight. Um, Jack's with us again, uh, as always, staunch, Big Strong Leicester Boy, never misses one. Jordan's back from God knows where, stag do somewhere in uh, a foreign country. And then I'm so excited for this we have got the midlands answer to fabrizio romano the holy grail john percy i can't Hi, believe guys, it good evening john welcome well mate it's... i'm absolutely delighted that you're here I'm, i mean it i really am because to Break us leicester fans you genuinely are like the one who we know we can hang our hats on. So thank right. you for coming on, pal. No worries. Salt code details still the same, are they? <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate. Just, uh, just uh, don't worry about it. It's uh, all right. Well, no, I mean it. But um, how are you, pal? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Yeah, just watching another VAR disaster on uh, Spurs. So uh, you boys are ever so lucky to be out of that. <laughs> I think we are, aren't we? I, I, we were saying just before off air. I, I, I don't want to go back because of VAR. It's a total sham. Well, have, hopefully, if you do get back this season, next season they'll have either binned it or finally sorted it out because it can't go on for much longer, can it? It's, it's just, a, it's just a joke. It is, it is horrendous. Um, it is indeed. Um, John, thank you for coming on. No worries. Uh, I would say you and I go way back, but I think we've met once before on a night yeah, in Copenhagen. one of the Stagdew nights in the Champions League, wasn't it? It was. It, it was, um, yeah, I think Laurie introduced us in yeah. Copenhagen. It was a It was a very good night um, yeah. the night before that. It's a great city. So yeah. thanks for coming on. Um, no I know I've put Rick on mute now because he's, he's like an excited, excitable <laughs> child. But um, obviously you, in your role as, uh, I, I want to get this right, you're Midlands correspondent for the Telegraph Sport, yeah. right? Is that the correct title? Yeah, correct. You're obviously... Yeah. You're obviously inundated with Mid- Midlands clubs in the area, doing reasonably now and out well now with Forest and Villa in the Prem. But um, yeah. you still see you uh, at Leicester press conferences, and um, and you interviewed Connor Cody recently. So you're yeah. you're well up to speed speed with the club, I guess. Sort of as an outsider looking in, what have what have you made of it thus far this season? Well, I mean, first of all, you do go there and I still, when I go to the training ground now, there is a sort of feeling of how has it got to this? I mean, you speak to some staff and they're still getting their heads around it now. Just shows that you can never um, stand still in the Premier League. I think it still took people by surprise. Um, you know, obviously the training ground, as, as we know, is is ridiculously brilliant. 
Um, and obviously they've fallen, they've fallen into where they where they didn't want to be. But I mean, obviously now the moods transformed. I mean, there was a lot of last season was horrible, wasn't it? I mean, the eighteen months before that were were horrible. Um, but this is just a complete turnaround. The managers obviously had a tremendous effect. The squad's gone under a lot of changes. I think they brought a lot of good new players in. I mean, we, while we can also, you know, we can also this the, the signings last season and the year before were were bang average. We can obviously say this summer they got it right. I mean, you know, credit where credit's due. We have to say the recruitment's been very, very good. I mean, Connor Cody, Harry Winks. I mean, those two to start with. I mean, that was a massive statement of intent. And obviously, the I think they brought another seven in. Really good, you know, attacking players. The defensive players, lone players, I think they've they've got it right. So I mean, the mood is transformed, but I think I still think there's that vibe of what are we doing here? How, how did this happen to us? It's still, still sort of like stuns people that it got got to this point. I think. JP, thanks for coming on. No worries, um, mate. Yeah, you touched on it there. Um, if you stand still in the Premier League, you can see what happens. And we've been debating well we've stopped this year but obviously for eight months last year we we kind of thought the writing might be on the wall um obviously i was i wouldn't say a staunch rogers fan because i think he deserves a lot of the blame but we would me and jack mainly were debating in terms of the board that they didn't back him particularly after that forest defeat in the fa cup so i just Mm. wondered i mean obviously there's not one sole contributor but where did you think the fault or the blame was, or do you think it was just a combination of several different things going wrong? I think it was a combination of lots of things, but I think you're right to point out the Forest game because obviously Brendan came out after the game and was so strong on the fact that everything needs to be changed. And then obviously he's having to go back to those players in the summer. Expect, I mean, we've all been here before. We expected the refresh. It never came. I mean, there's so much uncertainty over whether he knew there was no money. I mean, we were getting the vibe towards the end of that season that there wasn't going to be much money to spend in the summer. Brendan obviously knew that as well, but whether it was the extent of the fact that there was nothing, maybe that was the bit that changed because obviously Brendan was expecting to get at least three or four players in. And most importantly, and this is the thing people always forget is it was players out that was going to be the big thing as well. Like Samare, you know, he's he's obviously gone away now, but they wanted him gone. They wanted a load of other players gone, you know, that, that weren't working out. Vestergaard, example, you know, another one. I mean, obviously, we'll cut back onto him later. I mean, a, mass, a massive turnaround for him, but it was also players moving out. And obviously, to get the players out, your Perezes and everyone, you get money to come in. But obviously, that never happened. So, Brendan's, I feel for him because he did have to go back to these players then. But obviously, you know, we went back to that season, last season, and you could just tell everything had changed. Brendan had lost his mojo. The club were on eggshells around him, around press conferences. You know, what was he going to say next? And it just had that vibe of, I mean, we'd all, you know, covering the club every week. You go, you guys go every week. But the season before, obviously, you're picking up on it. I mean, I remember the game at Burnley at home, was it? Two all, I think it was. And they, boot, they got booed off. Brendan was furious about that. The club weren't happy at all. But that was when you could sort of see this isn't getting... The football wasn't very good to watch. It was a game led your Warsaw away. Obviously, Fafana's injury, massive. You know, you got to give you, you sympathy for Brendan on that because obviously the whole game was designed around Johnny Evans and Fafana and that high line. And then obviously I remember that game in Warsaw of Estegard having to play a game he wasn't, you know, a style of play he wasn't comfortable with. And obviously now he's playing a style of play he is comfortable with. But So it's all the culmination of things. Obviously the contracts, I mean, I know obviously people can look at the players and say you should have professional pride, but when you've got that uncertainty of your contract running out, and, there's, and remember there was a lot of players with 18 months left or a year left you know, they're just as much in the same boat of 
where where are we going? And it's that sort of, you know, there was that sort of really awful sort of feeling that where's this going here? And obviously the recruitment the year before, they spent Samari, Dakar, Vestergaard. The club obviously thought we can't afford to bring in more players. We haven't got the headroom for FFP. And if you look at Wolves, for example, they've done exactly what Leicester did the year before, but obviously probably on a more dramatic level. They managed to get rid of the players that Leicester couldn't. Um, and obviously, you know, I know Leicester have had a lot of criticism, but we have to say these FFP rules, profit and sustainability, they are really serious. I mean, this Everton thing, Man City thing, there may be more. You have to say Leicester, they saw this coming and they've done it to safeguard the club. So you have to give them credit for that. Likewise with Wolves, it may hurt at the time, but, you know, they've done it for a reason. And obviously now they should be in a good place. But obviously tough decisions have to be made. It's, it's the old short-term uh, gain thing, isn't it? Yeah, so on that, John, I, I was actually going to ask a question about, well, there was it was sort of two questions in one. Um, mm. The club's come in for a fair bit of criticism in the last year or two. Obviously, relegation has, has aggravated that. But, you know, I think because of the, 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 the sort of messaging around we needed to sell to buy uh, the summer before we went down, but then... You know, it, there was a. It was quite conflicting because we were we seemingly were rejecting bids for players. Mm. Now, okay, they 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 were obviously under what we may have valued players. But do you think? Have you heard out there? Were were we asking for unreasonable prices for players that we evidently wanted to move on? I mean, it's fair yeah. enough asking for 70, 80 mil for Fafana. But if mm. you've got players you actively want to move on, and Brendan said he wanted them out. If you're then asking for more money, you're just creating an environment that you're getting the worst of both worlds. And I think we suffered. Uh, yeah. And then my question on, on that is, do you think we learned this summer? Because I, although we came in for a bit of criticism not getting the money for Madison and Bars, we got it done early, whereas yeah. Southampton didn't and Leeds didn't. Uh, so, yeah, oh, a lot of questions there. Pick through that, John. But, yeah, fascinated to hear what you kind no, of say. Definitely the valuations were too high on, on Vestergaard. I think they took, they they agreed to me with Fulham. He turned it down. But I think that was even like the third, fourth bid. Perez, I think they had offers for as well. I think they had offers for players like Samari as well. Players like that. I think I think, I think think there may have been an offer for Madison that they turned down. I don't know who from, but that was the year before. But yeah, this season, they've obviously thought we just need to accept a suitable price. I mean, Madison initially, I think they were asking sort of 50-55 purely because of his statistics, the fact that he was an England international, all the sort of homegrown element of it. But I think they've obviously got down to 40 and thought we need to do this. I mean, there is a suggestion that they did it before the financial year ended as well, which uh, we've never had confirmed, but that wouldn't seem to make perfect sense. The Barnes deal, I mean, obviously, transfer fees have, have come down a bit this summer, so I think that was a decent price as well. But just to get them out the door and get their own recruitment going, I think, yeah, you'd have to say they've learned massive lessons there. Yeah, Barnes was pure profit, wasn't he? Being an yeah. academy player, it possibly yeah. makes a little bit of difference. But uh, thank you. I've got, I've, I do have another question. I'll, I'll come straight in with it. Going, I mean, as I said, when I introduce you, you, you have become the mouthpiece for Leicester fans. And I don't really recall you ever really coming out with a transfer that's not happened, which must be nigh on impossible to do. But you somehow do it. I remember this summer. You know, you and I think your colleague Mike McGrath said quite early on that Cassadai was lined up to sign and yeah. I was getting a bit angsty because he's a player that I really rated. So far, he's he's not done a lot. But 
you know, you you were like you kept every few weeks saying that it was going to happen, and eventually it did. So, you know, how do you? How does it work? Like you've obviously got to hang your hat on it, but how do you oh, do yeah. it? You've just got to trust the people you speak to. I mean, I know it sounds incredibly simple, but you just got to the information you get. You've just got to you've got to filter out the people who you think are telling you the truth and those who aren't. And I've been doing this for. 24 years now and believe me when I started off I got all sorts wrong you know these people saying you know James Madison's off to Barcelona and you, you think all oh, right brilliant and you naively write it but you've just got to yeah. get to a stage where the people you speak to you know are going to tell you the truth or you know at least lead you down the right path I mean Castadar we, we were hearing that was lined up weeks ago it was obviously a case of Chelsea agreeing it and all that sort of thing I mean obviously you're thinking will it go through but I think I think he got he went away with pre-season with them, so that delayed it a bit, yeah. delayed it a bit. But you've just got to you've just got to trust the people you speak to, and it's just yeah, it's a big one really. Because if you put it out there and it gets wrong, you you're not gonna you, you switch your phone off all weekend, don't you? It's simple as that. <laughs> well, I know you've deal. got the nightmare. Right, it's just sometimes it's bad when you, when the selling players go somewhere else. Oh god, that's a nightmare. Yeah, but um. Speaking of players that we've signed, um, you wrote a piece on Cody, I think it was, last yeah. week or maybe the week yeah. before. Obviously, comes across as a really impressive bloke. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed reading it. Um, but I just, he just seems so sort of enthusiastic about football in general, about the yeah. club. What what was it like to spend time with him? Yeah, I mean, that is exactly what you see. He's 100 words, you know, 100 words a minute. He just, he's so enthusiastic. He loves football. He could talk about it all day. But the interesting thing was, he actually admitted, I mean, obviously for, for space restrictions, we couldn't include everything he said, but he actually admitted that the club said to him when they signed him, we didn't have players like you last season. You know, there's no point in glossing it over. We didn't have players like you. We need you to come in. We need you to come into the dressing room. We need you to speak, shout, push people. So once again, we've gone back to the club, maybe realising they, they did go wrong there. They didn't have enough leaders. They didn't have enough experience. Connor Cody is absolutely 100% that player. I mean, he'd obviously want to be playing more than he already is. But even if he plays only another 10 games, I think he's just absolutely vital on and off the pitch. I remember someone said at the time of the summer, it'll be one of the biggest championship signings of the season. I think he still will be. You know, if even if he sticks with Yannick and out for the rest of the season i mean he'll still he'll still do his job he'll still he'll still be worth his while in gold you know he's just a perfect player absent you know last season you know whether they've stayed up with him i'm not going to say he'd have kept them up but that they were sorely missing that sort of character that sort of player will give someone a rollicking you know i think that statement sums up my uh thoughts on johnny <laughs> evans as captain entirely to be honest <laughs> but... <laughs> Try and be a bit more positive um, from my last question anyway. Do you think, in a, in a perverse way, that getting relegated might have been a bit of a blessing in disguise? And, I mean, we should go up at a, a cakewalk, to be honest, but what should the ambitions be next season? Because you see the three sides that have come up and they are mm. nowhere near the standard of the Premier. Yeah. You know, you do worry that the way Maresca plays, that, that that might be similar to Burnley, for example. Mm. Well, I would like to think that I've obviously got all that years of experience in the Premier League. And I would think if they came up, they'd know where to strengthen. I think they'd know, obviously, from last season, that they, they can't stand still. They can't just not rely on the squad they've got now. They'd have to bring in proper Premier League players. But, I mean, just going back to the thing about Leicester being relegated, I always remember when Stoke got relegated all that time ago, um, speaking to their chairman, and he said, to be honest, we're looking forward to the Championship. It's new stadiums and everything, and 
you know, we go away, we might win two win, two games away or ho at home. We go to Old Trafford, we get beat 5-0. You know, we might, we're looking to win six games at home to stay up and it's not fun anymore. And I was just thinking the other week, actually, it's totally different for Leicester because while you're obviously having the time of your lives going to all these new stadiums and you haven't got VAR, Leicester would win at Man United last season. You know, it was that was in their gift. You know, they were capable of doing that. That's why it was just such a travesty that they went down because Leicester weren't this sort of team who were flirting, you know, 17th every season. They, you know, they go to Liverpool, get a draw. They go to United and play well and get, you know, three three points. You know, so it there is a, they've just got to have learned. We'd never know if there was a, a real big inquest, but you'd have to assume by the way they've, Strengthen the team. That there was a, a realization where they went wrong, and I would like to think if they did, if they do go back up, which obviously fingers crossed they do, they will they will go again. And obviously, because remember three years ago they were the Brighton, they were the Southampton of five seven years ago. You know the beacon for recruitment, the beacon for a well run club, perfect training ground. There's no reason why Leicester can't go back to that in three years time if they get it right. And just when you speak about getting it right, um, we've not really spoken that much about Maresca, but obviously, I mean, defeat against Leeds aside, um, mm. doing a phenomenal job. Um, yeah. He's uh, he's very direct in the way he he talks, particularly to the press, which is always mm. quite interesting. But what what have you made of him and his start? I think he's just been brilliant. I mean, the style of football is just so fresh and unique. All the players are on board with it. It's a complete turnaround. And it's a gamble, let's be honest, you know, to play that style of football in a league where so many managers get the sack, you know, top can beat bottom and bottom can beat top from one week to the next. To take that gamble and play that style of football that's so unique and front-footed and, you know, it, it takes time, doesn't it? They've obviously spent pre-season really well with that week in the training ground, you know, the way that he's instilled his style and philosophy. When it when I first when I first saw him at his first press conference, you could tell he was he was a bit cautious. A bit sort of wary of, you know, what journalists, the question is a bit wary of maybe they're trying to lead me down this path. But the last time I saw him, he was far more relaxed. He's obviously getting his head round it. You know, we're all we're all trying to support him. We're not out to get him. Um, but I mean, the style of football, it's just, just brilliant, isn't it? And obviously going back to the Leeds game, that's a, obviously a bit of a bump in the road. But I look at Daniel Farker, his record in the Championship is outstanding. And obviously if Maresca can get anything like Farker's record in the Championship, It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? I've got one for you, John. Um, it's more, more going back to the title winning season. Um, mm. what was it like covering Leicester during that? I mean, it's probably obvious what you're gonna say, but I'm fascinated to hear from I know I know you you're not a Leicester fan, but you've probably got a soft spot for us recoveries for years. Oh, but yeah. yeah, what was it like? It was unbelievable. It was, it was probably it will it will be the best season of me of me reporting that I'll ever have. I mean, it was just a, it was just an absolute juggernaut of momentum, you know. And obviously, it went from the great escape, just transferred into the season after, and it just got to about December time. I mean, I think everyone latched on really with the sort of Man City away game, you know, the three three one or mm. whatever it was. And I think a few weeks before that, there was a few of us, Laurie, who Jack's mentioned, Stuart James, who's now at the Athletic. We were just looking at each other and we were saying, "There's something going on here." Because they just don't know how to lose, and they just the players were just at the absolute peak of their powers. It was one of those moments in time that you'll probably never have again, where the team was just so well drilled, so well put together, and so matched to each other that you'll probably never have it again. And it was just brilliant to report on. It was just, it was just. Ranieri was obviously, you know, he was a character, wasn't he? He was just 
come out with something different every week. And I know we can all go into was Ranieri just sort of carrying it on from Nigel. And yeah, I get that, I get that. But he was still the way he was in the dressing room and in press conferences. That was obviously transferring to the players and calming them down and everything. But yeah, I mean, it was just a brilliant, brilliant time. And for the Midlands, you know, as I'm a Midlands lad, it was great for me because obviously I'm always seeing the big six sort of dominance, you know, the yeah. London sort of focus. And it was just great to see little old Leicester, you know, little old Wolves or whatever, just little old Leicester doing this, just absolutely upsetting the odds every week. And everyone else finally coming into line and thinking, actually, Leicester aren't too bad, are you? And we were like, we're telling you this for months, lads, you know. So it was great. <laughs> and then obviously the Champions League, Extended stag do the season after. Memories for life, mate. <laughs> did the club throw any? Uh, did they throw the journalists any uh, little parties to celebrate or anything? Were there many perks uh, that season? No, I mean we obviously had the Bocelli. I mean we were. That yeah, was just incredible. I mean to yeah. say that Leicester never wow. dealt never dealt with anything like that before. You have to take your hats off to them. I mean for them to handle an event of that magnitude so well, you know from been in the championship only a few years before i mean I, I still still look at some of it on youtube and think you know it's, it, it seems like a unreal. lifetime ago doesn't it unreal yeah, yeah. and ranieri stood next to him you know we're basically watching an opera scene free of charge <laughs> <laughs> it's just unbelievable so i mean that was just yeah just an incredible season and great times for someone doing the job as well John, I was a uh, pitch side for that. Sorry, Jack. I was pitch side for that. I was in tears. So was I, George. It's the first yeah. time I met you. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I still think that was the best day of my life. I'm, my dad's behind me. I'm sure he won't yeah. mind me admitting that he starts crying whenever it's on YouTube. But it, <laughs> it still feels like it never happened. I know. I know. I remember I remember journalists sat with me, you know, wiping tears away. It was just, he just could not fail to be moved by it. It was just an incredible, incredible day. And then obviously, the, I think it was Everton they played, wasn't it? And then they won that game. And it was just, just an amazing afternoon, the fireworks, you know, the lights and everything, and the, the flags. You know, you'll never forget any of that. If you're a Leicester fan, I mean, it never gets any better than that, does it? But then you have the FA Cup win. I mean, you know, you've got to look at these these last few years. I mean, last year, you can horrible year that it was. You've, you've not done badly, lads, have you? No, no. we haven't. And it, it, I, I keep thinking back to that now, because obviously, and I don't want to sound too embittered when I ask this question. This is probably... Um, probably the last one we'll have for you. But if you look at what we've achieved over the last, what, five, six years, and you see some of the sides that are talked up, like um, one comment that particularly rattled me was Villa, you know, doing a Leicester or whatever. Yeah, I know it, what you mean on that one, because Leicester, I mean, Villa, I know you're not a massive fan of Villa, Jack, but you have to take you out. So that last, the last 12 months have been They've been brilliant. There. But they've not but, been as but, good as but, us at our Leicester, peak. The Leicester winning the league, you know, it's not, it's not that, it's not on that level at all. I mean, Leicester, Rio Maris, four hundred fifty grand, Jamie Vardy, one million. You know, I mean, even Kante, it... five million or so. It's just, it's just ridiculous. That it's just completely unique. I mean, I was even, I was even drawing the comparisons with the Forest European Cup things. I, even I was thinking then, it's just not the same thing. It's just a completely unique success and an achievement. And even I would even say our two seasons where we finished fifth, and you could argue we should have finished fourth. But mm. you know, if Villa go now and finish fifth and win a trophy, yeah. that will be heralded as you know one of yeah, the great achievement. achievements. And I, th I think we lose sight of that sometimes, given given yeah. the ride that we've had. Um, and the other thing that annoys me, and this is where you know, as a like reporter, you get annoyed. 
It's when they, they say, oh, Man United and Spurs and Chelsea, they were poor that year. They'll never be that bad again. Don't try and knock Leicester for winning the league. They lost three games that season. Bloody hell. I you know was I mean? thinking that because Villa have now lost three games this season. We lost to Villa, uh, Liverpool twice. And Arsenal, yeah. And Arsenal once Arsenal in the last minute. Yeah. Oh, was it? yeah, it was Arsenal twice and Liverpool yeah. once. Yeah, you're right. Um, and we lost in the last minute. I mean, that's mm. not to lose that many games in the season. Yeah, I mean, that, you can't downsize that achievement. I mean, I, people that's frustrated me over the years that people have tried to, you know, say, oh, Chelsea were poor that year. Man City bought badly. You know, come on. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, any more John. chats with John? Here we go. One Rick. more from Rick. Yeah, no, I just want to, John, I want to compliment you on your knowledge, right? You <laughs> have just, honestly, I'm a stats man. You've not got a single thing wrong, not a single result. You've just corrected Jack on the, uh, you're unbelievable, mate. You might as well <laughs> support Leicester. You might as well support Leicester. In fact, I'm, I'm having you as a Leicester fan now, so done. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, do you know do you know the reason for that, Rick? Right. That's what happens, that's what happens when you don't have ten pints before a game like you, mate. <laughs> right, mate. <laughs> Superb. John, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate no it. Good to see you, um, We'll let you go and enjoy the rest of the Chelsea Spurs game. So uh, well, that's for the rest of the season. Cheers, mate. Cheers, John. Yeah. There we go. Rick, is that just fulfilled, like, I would say a childhood dream, but sort of like an adulthood dream for you? I mean, he's, I, I'm so impressed with his knowledge. I, obviously, he's a, a man who does his research because his articles are always top work and he gets everything pretty much correct. But I was astonished there. He didn't get a single thing. You know, I mean, we get things wrong, don't we, where we forget goal scorers or results or... He's remembered it all, and he's covering not just Leicester. So, yeah, class act. Top man. Um, Top lovely man. man. Lovely man. Right. Do you think it's, you think it's too soon, Jack, to call him friend of the show? I, I did want to ask him. Maybe I'd drop him a note and just kind of describe you as friend of the show. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd like to expand our friends of the show, because I, I feel like we've had people on here, but we've not referred back to them subsequently. And I was a bit like, what? What do we call them? Um, but yeah, I would I would like to do that, George. Maybe maybe that can be arranged. Well, yeah, in a, in a couple of WhatsApp groups, I'm in the description. We have lists. Uh, we could perhaps have lists of friends, friends of the, the show. show. Yeah, 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 indeed. Right. Um, we're in a bit of a random order this evening because we've got not one but two guests coming on. So I'm going to play some theme music, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna add a little context to it after. Um, I don't even know what I'm saying now. Right, theme music. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Lloyd, how are you, pal? How's it going, buddy? You right? Yeah, you. Evening, chat. So, evening. Not evening, Lloyd. Thanks for coming on, mate. No, so, are, Lloyd, mate. Lloyd is—he's uh, going to be our guest for "Who Are You?" As you probably 
guest. Um, but look, yeah, Lloyd's an avid listener of the show. Um, probably shakes his head after the muck that we talk about. But uh, what I wanted to say about Lloyd is me and Lloyd have got a bit of a claim to fame. So can you remember the first game back in the Premier League against Everton and that shot that Jeffrey, Jeffrey Schlupp hit over the bar? Me and Lloyd, it pretty much killed us <laughs> because... I just moved back from London and I got a season ticket that season, that first game. I get we're in the boozer before the game and I meet Lloyd I'd not seen for a while. And it turned out that we got season tickets next to each other, right beyond the goal, and Jeffrey Schlupp's leathered a scud missile at us. And it was welcome to the Premier League boys. So remember it well, mate. You remember, pal? One of many good memories sat in there with you. <laughs> well, yeah. And then two years later, celebrated. <laughs> I can't remember that one. Um, so I traded off that for the Jeffrey Schlupp. Good missile, evidently. So. <laughs> um, Lloyd, just so, you are, just so you are aware, Rick said, I've got a guest host earlier today and I had to interrogate him because I was like, yeah, Rick, I know you've got someone that can do it, but does he actually listen to the show? So I am pleased to hear you're an avid listener because I just yeah, thought Rick every week, mate, drag someone in off work. the street. Every week. So. Top man. Right. Where so you are, are you? You are aware how how bad we've been I'm recently. at work, mate. Yeah, I'm at work. It's how are you? Seven minutes past one here. Yeah. So, eight hours behind you, chap. Um, yeah. Where are you joining us from, Lloyd? Uh, I'm in California, mate. Yeah, so terrible. Forty minutes north of San Francisco, so just on my lunch break. So I've made time for you. Just thank you very much. That's superb. That must be our our most far flung guest ever. You reckon? He's traded in Barwell for California. (laughs) (laughs) Acclimatization. (laughs) So. Come on, what, there. What let's do you, it. What brought what brought you to California? Sorry, Lloyd. I feel like I need more details uh, here. Like, I mean, apart from you know, Barwell, oh, maybe not I being as up, nice. I ended up getting married to an American, mate. Oh, um, man, well yeah, done. So um, we had a little girl and and moved over here because obviously California is slightly better than Inkley. So I mean, I do miss bits and bobs about it. Leicester being one of them, but so what, what time are you getting that? up to watch the games? That must be. Oh. I mean, it's either four in the morning or seven in the morning. Um, and you've got Fox's Hub, which one week they'll take your money and it won't even be on, or ESPN Plus. Um, so, I mean, the Swansea game, they took the money off us and, and it didn't it didn't come on. So I was, uh, I was searching for streams on that one. But I've managed to watch every game this year pretty much. Um, my, uh, my nephew's a, a massive Coventry fan. And they were out here for the first game of the season, and he was um, he was full of it, saying they were going to beat us and all that sort of stuff. And and for a while it looked like he might be right, but um, I had the last laugh in the end. And obviously now they can't buy a win, so it's um, it's good to be me at the minute. I'm giving him grief every week. So. Good. I would say this is the longest intro to Who Are You we've ever had. I'm not sure it is. So, uh, so yeah. We've had some. Right, Lloyd. The floor is yours. Right. Are we ready, chaps? So, the first clue is 
I was born on the 22nd of November, 1972. 51. 51. <laughs> I just like seeing you count, George. Like people <laughs> on the radio don't get that. Every week I get you going 47, 48, 49. It's the only bit I get right. No. I don't like well, maths either. Yeah, no, okay, fair enough. Uh, Casey with... Keller. Rob. I was just going down the American route. Before. <laughs> yeah, oh. okay. He's also <laughs> he would be older than fifty-one, wouldn't he, Casey Keller? Obviously. Graham Fenton. <laughs> no, it's not Graham Fenton. Uh, I'm not going to have a guess. This goat. Next clue, please. Okay, so he's a product of the LCFC youth system before going out on numerous loans, including Lincoln City and Kettering Town. Stuart Wilson. He can't be 51. Have you, Lloyd, no. you've checked the spreadsheet. We're not going to have one we've already had on. Our... I've checked the spreadsheet. Right, mate. okay, good. See him on there. Oh, he's a know. very diligent man. <laughs> I was going to say Chris O'Grady. That's not a guess, by the way. But he, we've already had him. We don't, want any, we don't want any more false claims from Jack. No. no. This is going to be a bastard, this is. Mm. Mm. I've shot me bolts on this round, haven't I? I've been quiet. <laughs> Graham Fenton's not even played for the academy. Hmm. <laughs> I've not got one, unsurprisingly, for this round. Not, he stopped playing about 16 years ago. Sorry, I'm just going to do some air maths. Um, Julian Joachim? Comrade Logan. Both wrong. Comrade won't be 50, will he? No, that's silly. Probably still no, not yet. He looks it, but... No. Right, you ready for the next clue? Yeah. Go on, boy. He made his debut versus Wolverhampton Wonders in the fir- in Leicester's first ever televised league game. That's a great Russell Holt. Great, great start. Gosh, I got it. Ah! Got it. He reached a hot dog, weren't he, in the crowd? I'll never what? forget, it was on ITV from it. You're eating a hot dog in the crowd. Wasn't he playing? <laughs> yeah, well, there, there was, there was always... I'm sh- yeah, he's called the hot dog kid. Because they had to get him on, didn't they? Weren't there was a load of injuries? Uh, didn't, yeah, didn't, yeah, Carl Muggleton got injured. That was he it. To come on. Didn't he have an incident wearing sort of his West Brom polo shirt that went you a bit viral? What? That was one of my next clues. I would have got it. Yeah. Oh. If you look at his if you look at his Wikipedia, either someone's edited it or he's been a very naughty boy as Russell Holt. So, <laughs> oh, really? I'll leave you to uh I'll leave you to look for yourselves before I pollute the airwaves with some of his demeanors. He's a he's a very bad man. I'm guessing uh I'm guessing hey, Lord, Rick's that was in brilliant. The post for that. Oh no, he's gone a bit David Pleat, hasn't he? He um He's a nightmare. What was that? Oh, really? 
I'm guessing Rick's checks in the post for that one, mate. You know what? Me, me and him were speaking the other day, and I had another good one, but I, I couldn't use it because I'd already I asked him if he can't been, use it. Yeah, so maybe I'm, he'll fire that one up on his next go. But I'd be interested to see if anyone gets the other one that I had in mind. Um, I need I need to get Percy to investigate Rick because Academy <laughs> goalkeeper couldn't be more up his street, could it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there, was no, there was no collusion in that. He's, uh, I don't know how he's got it after them clues, but fair play. He's pretty good. That's a great... Uh, I like the era clue. you've chosen. Yeah, yeah but that's because you're older than us. So. That's what I mean. I, I, well, I yeah. couldn't really go any further back, but... I'd say, what are that, 92? 93? Yeah, that was 92, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the only time he played for us. He played 10 games in 92-93. Then he went to Lincoln, Bolton, Lincoln again, Derby, Portsmouth, West Brom, uh, Forest, Stoke, Notts County, Darlington and Hereford. And, uh, yeah, Holt, a married man, has on a number of occasions (laughs) been the subject of public revelations. And I'll leave it there. It's on there. Not my words, Lynn. Uh, no, not my <laughs> words. The words of Wikipedia. <laughs> it's just the commas around it. I mean, uh, was that his ex-wife who wrote that? I don't know. He's got to be made up, hasn't he? Some of them. The, the, the seaside postcard bit got to be made up. Well, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I can't wait to get on this. <laughs> the headline on BBC News. <laughs> Goalkeeper arrested in something something blitz. <laughs> oh dear, crikey! Um, well, there we go. Let's be honest. If you had, if you had a mate like Rick, for example, and you had a Wikipedia page, can you imagine what would be on there? Oh. He'd be making all sorts of, wouldn't he? Uh, hey, no comments. Wikipedia page. Still does. Your brother on our Instagram account. With the things he tags on there. Ask Lloyd about my Lloyd. Tell tell these <laughs> lot about Jim. He's a helmet, isn't he? Is it Jim doing the main bit of the uh, the spamming? Is it? He's yeah. he, he, he just he's, always. He's very engaged. He's got a lot of time on his hands, has James. He has. So upset an empty room. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Thanks very much, Lloyd. Appreciate that. No worries. Cheers for that, pal. I'll see you soon, mate. Take care, mate. Take care. See you, bud. See you soon. See you, mate. Um, Right. I'm a bit stunned after reading Russell Holt's um, uh, Wikipedia page, but um, rather than do that, should we talk about the Leeds game? Because we're 38 minutes in and we've not even referenced it yet. So. I know you two have got some very considered well, thoughts about the games, but come on, Rick, hit me Rick, with them. Rick's going to steal what I said immediately at full time because he's he's already put that in the group. You well, go, go, mate. You do it. One. Yeah, well, I, I thought we played absolutely fine. I thought we we played worse this season and won. Um, obviously, we played better this season and Leeds are, I think I've said probably all along that Leeds are... are so... <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did someone just put you on mute or did you just deliberately mute no, yourself? I, I, I mute myself because Dad oh, started okay. sneezing during <laughs> one of my brilliant points. 
Um, but I thought the game was pretty even, to be honest. And if it was a nil-nil or one-one, um, you wouldn't get some of the nonsense that's spouted on Twitter, which is exactly why I'm not on it. Um, but yeah, the first sort of 10, 15, they obviously pressed us high, had a bit of success with it. And then as soon as we started breaking the press, I think they they looked a bit worried and started sitting off again. And then obviously if Fatou scores, I think we're talking about one of the greatest Leicester goals ever. What an absolute maverick he is. Um, and if that goes in, you know, we, what we're like when we're in front, we could get two or three and Leeds would have to be a bit more open. And then uh, second half, uh, we didn't start very well at all, to, to be fair. Um, but they get the goal from a a corner. And my only complaint is is get the first contact on the on the corner. But it's a fairly decent whip ball into the near post. Good header, good save. And it just falls to him and he puts it in and, and that's it. Like, that was the difference between two very good teams. And then uh, Jewsbury all has a, a, a header at the end of the game. He did unbelievably to get that kind of contact on the ball and Meslier is probably the best save he's ever made for Leeds United I mean he always makes unbelievable saves against us he did it again uh, at the end of last season after being shocking I don't get it I've not I've not watched it back but I did I remember thinking at the time like he was in the net so God knows yeah, how yeah. he kept it out um, and I was chatting to a Leeds fan earlier and he said look that was the best save of the game you know people go on about oh it took us 90 minutes to have a shot on target but when it's that quality then it, it's unlucky that it didn't go in so I mean, I'm I'm not bothered at all. We're only eleven points clear, and um, you get a, again, like you said, Jack. I mean, the difference between winning and losing in a game like that, the margins are so fine. And you know, if you lose, it's a catastrophe, and if you win, you're going to win the league. I mean, that, that's kind of what social media has created, and I don't think Enzo would be too worried. Um, and I fully expect us to bounce back like we did after we lost to Hull. And the two games we've lost, we've lost by Goldson at home. It's going to happen again this season at some point. Um, and there were positives to take. I mean, I'll come on to some concerning points a bit later on, but I thought Ricardo Pereira was the best player on the pitch by an absolute country mile. Um, and I know Agreed. Kamara got more of the match. He played very well, but there's one of them. Whoever wins, obviously, the man yeah, match has yeah. got to be on their team. So, um yeah, not, not nothing to worry about at all. I think they're the two best sides in the league. Um, I mean, I've not seen Ipswich play us yet. Uh, I've seen them a little bit, but um, judging by some of the games in the Premier League on Saturday afternoon, um, I think the standard in that game on Friday night was was certainly a lot higher than some of the teams in the Prem. So um, no concerns whatsoever for me. I, I, Funny enough, I had a message from a Wolves fan on Friday night or Saturday morning saying, you and Leeds are better than about three or four sides in the in the Premier League, so so that was good. Rick, now Jordan said what you were going to say. What what do you want to add to that? Well, no, I mean Jordan has covered a lot of us. I've sort of flip flopped a bit about the performance on Friday night. I've gone through being frustrated, a bit annoyed, then feel like we we're a bit hard done by. Very much feel like it's like one of them scenarios where you feel like you're on a promise with a bird, you know, as the night's worn on, you've even gone and washed your bits and pieces in the bog, in the sink, and then next thing you know, you're woken up at home in your shoes with sick in your eyebrows. And, you know, I feel like at half-time on, on Friday, I saw Graham. I saw Graham Smith and uh, he was sat near me and we were chatting at halftime. And I said, we've got leads right where we want them here. After, right where we want them, sorry. You know, first 15 minutes, we were 
um, vulnerable, but I felt like we had control of the game then. Um, we weren't creating many chances, but Mavadidi and Fatawu were getting a lot of the ball. Um, and, I mean, I'm you know, stats and expected this, that and the other can be misleading, but our expected assists for Friday were really high. And I think that's quite telling because if you look at, you run through the extended highlights, Mavadidi and Fatawu... Rick. What the hell is an ex- expected right. assist? Fuck okay. me. No, 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 no. What, no. what on Let, earth does that mean? No, 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 no. Let me explain, right? So just think about it from a game point of view. How many times did Mavadidi and Fatwu get in dangerous positions in the first half and then there was no one in the box? You know, there was a couple of times it bobbled through to Meslier where you're like, oh, you're almost off your seat waiting for the cross to be coming. It's bundled in. Castadai was not in the box. Vardy were God knows where. Dewsbury always behind the ball. It so what that means is we'd created a chance where you're expecting to put the ball in and someone finish it. So it's, it's, and it's almost like where a poor I'm, final ball as opposed to a shot that's not very good. Well, it can be that, but it's not even poor final ball. It's just there was no one there to be on the end of it as yeah. well. And I, yeah. I feel like I do feel you like so every day, don't you? Just being around you. I mean, it's yeah. Well, well, I, Rick, I was, yeah. I was, I was, I was a bit worried about our excessive verticality IP <laughs> today, mate. I was just about right. to come on to that. <laughs> That's one of what the best. a load of shit that is! I, saying that to my mate in the pub, actually. <laughs> no, That's exactly what I said when I came off. We should probably refer to this because people have no idea yeah. what we're talking about. George, have you got the tweet in front of you? Yeah, that's what I was doing on my phone. I was looking for it. So Samuel, Samuel Lap one underscore, who's clearly a visionary. Expect to see him on the touchline anytime soon. Um, you can be angry about Nunes missing those chances. No problem. But transition control and excessive verticality IP were bigger issues today. And uh, That's exactly what Klopp would have been saying to him after the game. No, the best thing is, though, someone, I think Mac is, oh, oh, yeah. is it Macca or I can't remember his name. He's quite yeah, funny the, on Twitter. The he's Paris just, Angel. Yeah, he's just retweeted it, or quote tweeted it, saying, yeah, I just said this to my mate in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? Well, like, has anyone got a guess what that means? Uh, uh, some some sort of, <laughs> don't know, I, I dread to think. It's a load of rubbish, isn't it? Rick, back to respect, back to a load of rubbish. But anyway, I mean, I mean, all were pushing the, all pushing me luck with what I was about, what I was saying. But what I meant was, and certainly in the first half, we we were in control of the ball. Mavadidi and Fatou were looking electric, and you know, it was quite easy at that point to be quite positive that it was only a matter of time, come the second half, that we would get a chance, take it, and then it looked like it was going to be a game of. A uh, few, you know, proper goal scoring chances, and that's why. Then coming back to, although we lost, we didn't get taken apart. Ricardo was exceptional, as George said. The last ditch defending, I've not seen a player do that as faultlessly for a long while. Uh, and I, I thought he had, um, he'd not been that impressive a couple of weeks ago. But you know, that is just clear why he's head and shoulders above this standard and it's a credit that we've got him. Fass had a good game as well in, in defending um, our, our, the la, you know last ditch tackle so all in all we did okay we didn't do enough to probably win 
We may have had a shout at a draw, but we move on. Leeds didn't take us apart. They certainly didn't bully us, uh, which is probably the title of this podcast this week. But, um, yeah, we move on. I think we definitely need a result Saturday because don't want to be going into the international break having not won um, or at least get a draw um, because then there will be hysteria. But, yeah, it was one of them. It was one of them. Sorry, if you can hear me giggling in the background, it's because Jordan appears to be... Being attacked by a man in a dressing gown. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I am, it's your dad. I'm sat next to the vodka and the beer fridge, so <laughs> right. Okay, it's my own fault. Okay, so just as long as you're okay. Um, anything else you want to add to that, Rick? Beans and little sausages. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I I, uh, <laughs> I didn't think we were bullied, which was also <laughs> another load of crap I've read on the uh, on the internet this week but um i thought leeds probably were marginally better than us but it was a very close game and i didn't it it could have been a draw or they might i think they did nick it um but i thought first 10 15 minutes we did look a bit surprised first 10 minutes sort of by the intensity of their pressing which i was saying to my mate as i i left would they not have prepared for that but i think the biggest challenge was Leeds are a lot better than any other side we've played. So it's all very well and good winning loads of games. But a lot of games we've not really had to get out of second or third gear. So it was much more of a challenge in that sense. Um, I'm I'm actually quite intrigued by Rick's uh, expected assist stat because it did feel like we got Fatou and Mavadidi in really, really good positions. But then, you know, the only cross we got on the end of was Dewsbury Halls and, you know, he didn't do a lot in the game, but he did do really well for that header. Just, I mean, he's about five foot nothing, so he did well to get on the end of it, and it's a it's a tremendous save, isn't it? Mavadidi's put a ball over in the first half that, you know, Vardy, I don't know where he just doesn't go for those crosses anymore. I thought Vardy was really poor, um, flicking the ball about, giving it away all the time, really didn't look very impressive. And um, the, the biggest thing I wanted to talk about, actually, was, and I know Rick's, Rick's big into this because it's a modern football term, but we don't seem to have that much intensity in our pressing. And I don't know whether that's because Vardy can, can't do it anymore because his legs are not there, so he's saving them. I mean, Dewsbury Hall can certainly do it, and they're the two that start the press. Ian Atto just can't for whatever reason. And I think that does affect us in, in games like that. And on Friday night, I, was, I came home and I just thought, maybe it's time to play Dakar because he is genuinely very good at pressing um mm. and and that might gone of might have got a bit stats wankery but I, I do wonder whether up front as the season goes on whether whether Cannon can do that I don't know Cannon probably goes in ahead of Dakar doesn't he but we do need a little bit more energy up front I mean I still think Kel as a sub is always well, he wasn't very good on Friday night but it's always a great option but I, I, everyone knows how much I love Vardy but he, he did look on on Friday night, like it was catching up with him, which is which is a bit of you know it, it was going to come anyway. But that was probably the most concerning bit for me. I mean, we'll talk about Cassidy's performance as well. But what he does up front, we've got players that can score goals, but I just think it's based around so much more than that, and the the system seems to be so much more of a factor than anything else necessarily. Yeah, I thought Rick was going to take that. But yeah, I, I mean, 
I said in the chat on the side, we'll come on to a few negatives. I, I, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing Cannon because I, it's no secret I'm no fan of Ian Acho. And and partly for that reason, he he just doesn't he doesn't well, he doesn't do anything unless he scores. Um, and Vardy was particularly poor. Um, and I, I feel like Cannon, from what I'm told, is pretty dynamic. Um, and I, I actually uh, was told he was a bit like Nugent. So if I'm wrong, then put me in Rick's camp with Tete. But he sounds like he could be the perfect anecdote up front to me. Um, and and I, I agree with what you said, actually, Jack, in WhatsApp, in terms of surely it's worth even giving Dakar a, a run out. But we think we know why that's not the case. So um, well, he's come on now, though, hasn't he? He came yeah, on against South yeah, uh, Sunderland with a minute to go. About 20 seconds, which yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, if it costs you like five million quid, you don't bring someone on with uh, two minutes to go and play them on the wing, do you? In a like, it's not going to. It, it can't be a factor. It's not worth I don't think. Quid. No. It's, <laughs> maybe that's why they were so pleased they won. Uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well, Cannon Enzo said Cannon's not far away, didn't he? He's back in training. Um, and, and yeah, from what I can gather, you know, Preston fans were pretty impressed with him. Everton fans were pretty disappointed they let him go. Um, and again, looking ahead to next season, I personally don't think Vardy or Iheanacho will be leading the line or will be the answer in the nine. So Cannon's got basically a six, seven month audition of, of uh, being a starting Premier League striker, if you like. So yeah, I agree completely there with, with that, Jack. Rick, you yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I actually did want to talk about the strikers because I think that whether it's the strikers themselves or the system that we play, obviously there's plenty of positives about the system. We're, 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 you know, we're breaking records, but it does feel like the striker is the player suffering the most in this system. They're, They're traditionally the best finisher, right? And yet they're not getting the most chances. And to me, it's all well and good, like having a good amount of chances. But if it's falling to players that are more often than not going to miss them, we are putting ourselves in a a position where you're going to have games where those players miss them all the time and then you don't score. Now, that hasn't happened that often. We've only not scored twice, but we've lost both of those games. Um, um, yeah, since this second return of the international break, both Vardy and Ian Acho, I don't think have done a lot. Whereas after the the first break from Southampton through to when we we finish against Stoke, both Ian Acho and Vardy were were much more involved, scoring goals. We're, we're, We're getting involved in games. And I was even complimenting Vardy on him dropping a bit deeper and linking play. Now, that's never been his forte but he was seemingly doing it he tried to do that on friday and it was coming off all all sorts of horrible angles and not working so um yeah i I don't know i'm hoping cannon can come in and suit it a little bit better um but if not i do think we need to perhaps tweak things because it's a real waste if you you're not got a, a striker that can score goals um and and that probably Brings us on nicely then to Cassidy, who, when he first arrived, he was getting in the box. He's, you know, aerially, he seems to be quite strong. And 
positionally, he was getting in the box. You know, he scored on his debut against Hull. He was all out trying. It, I don't know whether we were perhaps a little bit afraid of Leeds on the break, so we didn't want to commit too many players into the box. But, you know, as we've said, Mavadidi and Fatal, we were getting it in dangerous positions. And Vardy was the only one in there and not in a, a dangerous position. Why either change it, get McAteer on, who positionally seems to be quite, like that's a natural knack for him. We didn't bring him on, brought Hamza on instead and pushed Ricardo forward, who, you know, was was quite positive in that route. But he wasn't getting in the box. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, that's my only real concern at the minute is the striker and getting players in the box. Can I, can I say, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have another chance to mention this, but Hamza on Somerville, what a tackle that was. Amazing. Unbelievable. Amazing. It was. Amazing. Away. Give the ball away. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, but I can't remember that. I just remember the tackle after it. But he... That's his game. Yeah. Give, give the ball away and make a tackle and that's his game. Well, yeah, fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> it was a nice tackle, Jordan. It was a good tackle. Don't, don't, don't ruin Being it. himself up for a nice tackle now, wrong with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm being, you know, like, like you are sometimes, Rick, just throwing it out there just to get a bit of... Yeah, yeah, fine. fine. I had, uh, did he actually give the ball away? I thought it was someone else, but... He did, because I whinged about it. And then when oh, he made okay. a great tackle, I was still being in an arse. Even oh, though he got enough. the ball back. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, sounds like <laughs> Um, What else do you want to talk about in the Leeds game? I, I wanted to add Cassidy in there again, because I, I, mm. I kind of stuck up for the week. I'm going to do exactly the same. But I think we forget he's only 20... Uh, you know, he played in a red inside that obviously went down last season um, and obviously are in a bit of a mess still. Um, and I think we just, we, I think we forget that because he came on against Cardiff and was the hero in the last minute. And he, he set those standards, you know, he should have scored um, at QPR, I think it was. Uh, he probably should have a couple Sunderland. more goals. Sunderland. Yeah, Sunderland. Yeah. yeah. Um, but- he should have a couple more goals to his name. But yeah, I agree, Rick, with what you're saying. He, you know, he, it kind of be, needs to be like that Andy King Role where you're arriving in the box late, and and you know, I, I, there was another chance I think that fell to Cass and he missed it. And but he, he's only 20, he's only played uh, uh, about 20 senior games. And you know, Kamara and Ampadu, um, are pretty experienced midfield. Um, so I, I, I felt a bit sorry for him. He's a tidy player, you're not going to play for Inter and Chelsea, and Chelsea take you for 20 odd million and not be a decent player. So I think we've got to give him a bit of a break. But he's not ready for the Premier, is he? Like you can tell, they've paid a lot of money for him, and at this stage, you would you would have to question. It's not logical that he's going to go back there and make it in the Prem. But I, I, I mean, I was very excited when we were linked with him, as you had to suffer in the WhatsApp throughout the summer, waiting for John Percy to be You're right. But, player wrong never happened. Well, well, no, because he's not that. I, I only. You you also shared similar quiet confidence. We've seen what he'd done for in the under twenty yeah, yeah. World Cup. That he might, that he might, he might. I still he think he still. will. I still yeah. think he can. I like. I, there's something about his game that I like. I know he he, he you know he's getting criticised for a potential lack of pace, but I quite like the way he moves around the pitch. I think if we can if we can get him in the right areas where he's dangerous, that's why. Why is he not getting in the box? Maybe the Leeds game was not the game for that because they're you know on the break they're then going to hammer us. Um, but hopefully, you know, well, 
He'll play Saturday because Ndidi's out, but after that, we're going to have players back. Well, he might and... not do, though. He might not do. Perhaps, Maybe not. Perhaps emerged onto the training pitch again because you forget how many players were missing in that position. Pratt's um, not going to be ready not, yet, surely. Well, he might not be ready yet, but I think Pratt in this system will be outrageous. That's, well, that's yeah. my weird He's got to make sure he gets out of bed safely first. Well, yeah, mm. if he's not injured, I think he'll be very good in this system. And he was very good when he came on against Coventry, which is his only appearance this season, I think. And he's one of them Coventry. alarms to pull, you know, that they in bed so someone can come and help him up safely and transport him. Yeah to the King Power because the bloke is a calamity with injuries and all sorts, bless him. Don't know what's well, going Eunice, on. But Eunice trained again and got injured again, didn't he? So that's that's another one. Um, I'd, I'd try not to speak. I'd, yeah. I'd try McAteer there. McAteer's or... quite strong, I think. I, th I think yeah, we need someone to... We can't just have two attacking midfielders play with Winks as the six. I think you do need a bit more robustness against certain teams, but I think McAteer can do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of them. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say is how crap was Joel Perot? It, was, it wasn't very yeah. good. But for all the chat of Ampadu and whatever, I thought Kamara was better than him. And I... I thought he was decent, Agreed. but I didn't, I didn't. You know, for everything I've heard about him, I didn't think he hurt us. I thought Winks had a had a better game, and but yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. they're decent. Um, Dan James still shanks a cross out every so often. And I think um, Somerville's obviously a very diff decent player. Rutter was good as well, but I mean, they've spent a fortune on some of them. I think haven't they? Somerville was a well, Rutter was player, thirty-five Rutter, mil. Yeah, I was going to mm -hmm. say like he, you know they've they've got. They they've got more pounds on the pitch than us, so they should be mm. really. I think that gets lost a little bit. Um, but yeah, anyway, just to conclude, we were bullied uh, by Leeds completely <laughs> off the pitch. So uh, so yeah, fuck me, honestly, the things people do for engagement. Um, you, had, you had to get that in, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It's going to be the title of the pod as well, George. So I'm not engaging with it, but I am just going to vent my fury at them because I, they I are prats. Like I feel like last season you weren't this angry. You were more apathetic. Whereas this season, I like this. I've got hope. Thorny, I've got little, hope, George. They've got me. Thorny side to you. I like got it. me by the short and curly. So I will defend them. You know, when you believe in a side, you can defend it. But when you don't believe in yeah. a side, you've got nothing good to point. defend, have you? So very good point. Know. Yeah. I um, I just wanted. I, I, it's not even really worth mentioning because it contradicts my earlier point that when you lose, it just highlights little things. That if you'd have won, you'd have just glossed over. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, I thought we really missed Callum Doyle on Friday night. Mm -hmm. It's no, no, fault and indeedy, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And, and it, I mean, it's no fault of James Justin's because he's right-footed. But I mean, I thought he was pretty poor in general. But every time he has the ball, he has to come inside. Um, the only but, thing I think that um, if you cloned Doyle and Justin, you'd be because. Doyle going forward is better than Justin, but Justin's one-on-one -on -one defending against the lead yeah. side with a lot of pace. I actually thought mm. he dealt with that pretty well. It was more just on the ball and that. Mm. Why was he on free kicks at the end? Oh. That, he's never taken a free kick in his life. Th that, honestly, when that happened, I was like screaming, like, get him off it. Why is he taking it? He'd been terrible the whole game and then he just Bizarre. whipped it out of play. Um, but look, everyone's allowed a bad game and JJ's more than good enough to play left back at this level, let alone in, in the Prem. So it just it was just one of those days for him. Um and it, it just underlined that 
you know, it's a squad game and we miss, miss Doyle. Uh, and the other thing that I know we mentioned, um, Fatou had got Byram spread out on a booking. I don't get, he might have been told, but I just don't get why we didn't just say, give him the ball. I oh, know, I didn't get that either. Lose it nine times out of ten, but just get him off. And I, I know I've got a Boca Juniors top on and I'm talking like a South American, but get him off. Uh, I couldn't believe We've had it a few times, season. haven't we, this season, where we've had players on a booking early, usually in the fullback position, and then we've seemed to have a quieter second half with those players up against them. I don't get it because, you know, you, you should be building your whole tactics around exposing them. I mean, they they people have done that enough to us in the past. They were doing it every every game last season with the likes of Luke Thomas. But, um, yeah, that that was frustrating because I thought Fatou's second half was was a much quieter than first half where he was he was so excited. I mean, that, that running shot would have just been... That goes in. I know it's easy to say that goes in and we, we win, but I genuinely think because of the way the game was with few chances, we would have won the game and we'd just be so... Well, there'd be no, there'd be absolutely no option but to to think we're going to walk away with the league. Now, there's that little bit that Leeds might still put the pressure on, which is good, probably good thing for us to to be mindful of. But hopefully, we regroup and Saturday we come out and show a bit more purpose going forwards. Because the last few weeks, I do feel like there has been a little bit of a uh, a drop off, which is understandable. Yeah, you do. You do need that competition and a bit of kick up the arse. I, I spoke to mm. a Leeds fan before, um, and he, you know, he said kind of regardless of the result, they're well. They, I think I'm right in saying that's their only clean sheet of the season away from home, which would be typical. But um, even if I'm wrong, he said they can't defend, and their games are too chaotic. So they lost at Stoke, uh, I think, week before or so. We just control so many games. We're not going to yeah. lose. We even controlled that game. Leads. I thought. Like yeah, we, we yeah. it for large parts, didn't we? And what, what's 11 points? Oh, we were bullied. Sorry, let's get back that. Get that back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 11 points is an eight-game swing. We've got to lose four and they've got to win four to, to catch us already. And, yeah, and it's, we, it's a lot. Gonna... Although although we have had 11-point gaps and we've completely fucked them up in the past. So mm. they, they go a lot quicker than you think sometimes. But I, I do I do think we're there's a, there's a bit more about us than when we are in the Prem. And I think, I think this sort of margin for error is a little bit Greater touch wood, but um, but yeah, and our manager's yeah. not five foot six and Irish, Northern Irish. Uh, no, he's he's about five foot ten and Italian. Um, <laughs> he, he looks wonderful in that tracksuit. Speaking of looking wonderful in attire, I managed to track you all down on on Friday and give you some items that we have been gifted. Hashtag ad. Hashtag gifted. Um, Rick's just put it on. And he's frozen. Um. But we've been given uh, well, some, w- some wonderful items from Footy Fits. Jordan, I've still got your T-shirt here because I couldn't find you, even though I sit closest to you in the ground. So I hope it's Ianacho's. No, it's, KD- <laughs> it's KDH's T-shirt. So the Footy Fits have done some Mavadidi and some KDH attire, of which I obviously have the Mavadidi T-shirt rather than the KDH one because that would be completely off-brand. Uh, you've got, oh no, uh, no, George. I've, yeah, you have, you've got the KDH t-shirt. Rick has the Mavadidi beanie and Jake has a KDH beanie. Um, and we wonder whether that would fit your head, Rick, because, uh, we think, um, we think you've got 
quite a large I have bomb. Got big head. But, um, it does it, look good on you. It's mate. a bit nip and tuck, bit nip and tuck around the back, but yeah, it's quite nice. Um, yeah, um, this will sort me out in the um, in the cold. And to be honest, even if I don't wear it, Oscar will because his favourite player is becoming Mavadini because of the song. He loves it so. Oh, it does. Um, lad. Yeah. Good lad. Good <laughs> lad. Uh, I actually bumped into you in the toilet on Friday night, which was uh, which you was did, really exciting. You did mate? Yeah. You did. Yeah. I uh, but... didn't shake your hand. No, I, and I met your dad on the way. I saw Big John on the way in. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were just cutting, uh, cutting out, through the shout out, shout out to my dad who um we, he's been to chutney ivy so we took him for a curry before the game managed to leave his phone there so um <laughs> rings me at half time have you got my phone no i haven't dad and he said i think i've left it in the restaurant marches off to the restaurant which was about to close but um thank you to Shaf at chutney ivy for looking after his phone for him um highly recommend there as ever i think that's the end of our commercial section um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so there we go um we have had a dear rick flair in this week so should we play this one because it is related to go the on. game go on then i need somebody help not just anybody help. you know i need someone rick flair right uh thank you to ash for sending this in i will um i'll give it a play i hope the audio quality is all right right lads um i've got a dear a dear rick flair um dear rick uh, i've been to two games this season the first one was hull and the second one was last night against leeds what would you suggest I do to get rid of this uh, this bad luck, um, this bad juju that I seem to be bringing to the KP? Um, or is it just a, a season-long ban and I should just buy the bullet and not, not go to the KP again this season? Um, any suggestions would be great. Keep up the top work, guys. <laughs> What was that at the end? I love that. Oh, I mean, this has actually happened to me a couple of years ago. I only went a handful of games. And I don't think I saw his win for ages. I've got, I'm thinking, rather than tell him to bollocks and not and ban him from Leicester for the season, I think we need to test something out. And I think he needs to go to a Leeds game and an Ipswich game, and if they don't win, then we know that he's doing God's work and he needs to go and watch them a fair amount of times this season and get the job done, get us promotion. So rather than focus on coming down the KP, go and, um, go and create chaos with the enemies. Uh, I, I would like to get a follow-up to ash's message just to let us know that he is all right because it does sound like he's roaming the streets of leicester at god knows when in the morning wondering whether he's done something wrong um i hope you're okay mate just just let us know i like to think ash has left the game on on friday and he's on the way back from king power and he's thought the first thing i need to do is voice note rick flair the, the timing That's how, I, how i view it 
the timing wouldn't actually like when he sent it wouldn't actually sort of disprove that disprove not it, it would fit with that story George so I, I'm imagining him sort of six hours later just wandering the streets of Leicester wondering what he's done but um, maybe yeah maybe he was on the way back from a night out and if you could let us know what that little noise was at the end, because I don't, I don't know what it was. It sounded like Rick's <laughs> mate from Euston Station from a few weeks ago. <laughs> the pigeon whisperer he was. <laughs> right. So he's got he's got to go to a Ipswich and a uh, and a and a Leeds game. Yeah. Go and go and go and watch them. Hopefully, get the get the defeats for them. And then we know you're onto something there. So rather than focus his energies and worry about coming and watching Leicester and at risk of losing, he could go and get the job done, get Ipswich and Leeds a, a hammering, and then we're, we're we're home and hosed. And then he can come and watch us when we won the league by Feb. So obviously, <laughs> he wouldn't he wouldn't get a Leeds ticket because they are are massive and they'd take more, and there's no chance he'd get a ticket. Well, I, I don't know what I don't know if you you won't have seen this, but um, but Rick did point out that they uh, they weren't in the uh, top attendances this weekend, which for, for they a massive... <laughs> they're an absolute myth. I mean, you know, they apparently win everything; they're the best everything. How are they not even in the top seven? They're below Millwall. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do enjoy that there's one bloke that's just just responded being like we didn't even play at home you idiot <laughs> but they're, they're so big they should be able to beam back the games to Ellen Road and sell it out do you remember, yeah. I used to love yeah. them beam backs do you remember them beam backs and the Carlin stand yeah bring them back <laughs> they should actually the, bring, back should. Beam back. Beam back. bring back beam backs um, right uh, I think we're moving on to any other business, which is Jordan's section. But I've actually got an intro for this because I've done one. So, I'm here. No, can I finish speaking? Wait, are you going to interrupt? <laughs> can I finish speaking? Okay, because I don't interrupt your question. Okay, so don't interrupt mine. Show some fucking respect. There you go. For anyone that feels interrupted or doesn't feel like they can get everything off their chest, this is any other business, which... Um, Newly branded. Uh, thanks, Phil, for the uh, for the contribution. It's just a bit at the that. end. Show some. He's like he bleeps himself. Like show some in, respect. In, in oh, is that not bleeped out? No, that's what he says in the. Pre he like he bleeps himself <laughs> out when he says it. Amazing. <laughs> I said Gary there. I meant in in true Phil Neville style. Sorry, what's what's the section again? Because he asked for the question, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're very good, George. Well done. Well done. Thanks. Uh, I had two, one, one, first one, and an apology on behalf of all of us. Um, I noticed it when Union FS did it against Sunderland, and obviously I missed the last pod, and I probably should have put it in the WhatsApp group. But I can't believe we didn't mention Craig Shakespeare. So hope Craig yeah. Shakespeare gets well soon. Yeah, well, yeah. well said, mate. Huge, huge oversight from us that was. Um, and you know my other one because I put it in WhatsApp, but. I would like us to share this on the Twitter page. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a man uh, on, on eBay. You may have seen it. He is selling three trophies, 94, 95, 96 playoff final trophies. And this, this rattles me because uh, 94, I missed. 95, we're obviously in the Prem, but 95, 96 was my first season watching Leicester. 
Uh, my first memory is Muzzy is its header at Vicarage Road, which uh, Rick mentioned earlier, ITV. It used to be on ITV and Gary Newborn was yeah. the commentator and I can still remember that. Yeah. That, that's I went, that cost me a quid to get in. Ah. Quid for kids. Yeah, yeah the days. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why my cat's called Muzzy. But the guy wants uh, 75 grand, right, for three Endsley Insurance League playoff trophies. Now, I believe his description that it was uh, it obviously it was sponsored by Ensley, and they just returned the trophies after the game, and they and they never went to the rightful club. Now he says he want you know these should be in Leicester and Bolton Wanderers trophy cabinets. Well, why do you want seventy grand, seventy five grand from them? Um, but my my plea is we need to get these trophies in the cabinet. Ninety four was the first ever trophy won at Wembley. Ninety six was the first trophy I ever saw us win. So I don't know how we do it, but we, we've got to do it. I mean, 50 grand to the club is fuck all. So they should be rightfully in the, the King Power Museum. We should have told John Percy. Should have got John's <laughs> plug it. Shouldn't we? Put a bit of pressure on the club at the next press conference. It rattles me. It really does rattle me. I wonder how he's ended up with them. Because he's not got the little lid. He's just got the trophies. No. So the lid's got lost in transit. I'm sorry, I'm, I've lost it because Rick is sat there grinning with his little hat on and he's just put in the chat, Ensley Harriet. <laughs> you could not look more pleased with yourself. It makes no sense. Good, but Yes, Jordan, right, sorry, to go back. But how do we do it? Is, is, that's what I'm wondering. Crowdfund. If every one of our listeners donated a grand, we'd still be about. Yeah, we could do a chanteery. <laughs> yeah, and we'll let's do that. We'll do a crowdfund, and then we will present them at the quiz. I'm going to come on stage <laughs> with them in my Cameroon vest. Um, do yeah. we need them somehow. We, we need. We we'll, need. To, we need to get it back. We need to get them back. We need like starting a campaign. How do we how do we get the NZ trophy back? Yeah, this everyone is what... in the King Power donates two pounds. We still need another fifteen grand. Well, no, because we don't want Bolton's one, do we? They can have that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah, we can we can cut a deal. But yeah. Okay. Like it. Okay. We're going to get it for the quiz, and that that we we should plug the quiz. Tickets are still available. Uh, I've started writing the quiz actually. So there's, there's five questions that have been written. So that's well, that's the start. I think um, we've got our West Brom tickets earlier, Jack. So I'm just we did. to get there in yeah, one piece. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with you, even though we haven't spoken about this, but we are going to West Brom. So, um, uh, yeah, which is exciting news. Anything from you, Brick, on... What, any other business or the quiz? Yeah, both. Well, so on the quiz, what's happening? Am I on a team on my own? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. But I've got, this, I've, got an, I've got an idea, right? So we're going to do a round. And this is to plug the quiz. We're going to, and you're not going to know what it is, but you're going to recreate great Leicester goals celebrations and people are going to have to guess what they are. <laughs> so it's going to be like the picture <laughs> round. But I'm only going <laughs> to tell you what they are before the show. And you can bring okay. us in props. So you can you can do all sorts. You can bring audience <laughs> members in. Brilliant. Um, so that's okay. going to be a picture round. 
Okay. But um, yeah, you are, you, 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 we do need you to turn up, mate. Like, so. I'll be there. Could. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. My, I don't, I'm ever present on everything, pal. Can't get rid of me. I'm sad. Got no nothing else to do. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. Have but, uh, no, I don't think I've got any other business, to be honest. Uh, no. No, I can't think of anything. Just, uh, just very happy with John's, with John being on tonight. <laughs> um, I, I promised on Saturday night that I would mention uh, congratulations to my friend Daniel Carvin, who, who got married. He used to be a Man United fan, and now he is a Leicester City fan. And I'd like to think that I had a part <laughs> to play in that. Um, but he also wanted me to mention the stag do in Lisbon last week, where we got evacuated from a bar because our friend set a fire extinguisher off. I could only draw parallels with La Manga. And then on Saturday night, we ended up, ended up out in Higley for the first time in my life, even though I used to play for him. And obviously, that's and you rip. didn't tell me, mate. You literally were in my well, mate's coffee house and bar, like 10 seconds walk from my house. I can't believe it. Well, I was going to. I would have come a wedding, out. A wedding reception. I didn't want to repeat at the stag do, to be honest. Well, <laughs> You didn't want you didn't want me there, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we ended up in the, in two rather choice establishments until four in the morning, and that was the first time I'd ever been out in Hinkley. So we'll have to do it again. Definitely, mate. We're we're winks <laughs> yeah. when we win the league. Uh, right, I've got something on Harry Winks actually. Oh no, we nearly um, made it through the episode as well. Right, so I I've got a lot of time for Harry Winks. Um, news reached me this weekend. Someone someone tweeted me on it directly uh, saying, and, I, and I've listened to it back, so I have verified it. It was a really good interview on the club's website with Harry Winks. And, you know, I, I love the man. Um, but they've got it wrong. He openly admits that he's going to move to Nottingham. Now, there is, this still lingers around the club that we, we've got players, managers, all sorts. They're all moving to Nottingham. I can't press this button enough. Um, I, I don't like it. Harry, if you're listening, you know, consider other parts of the county. You know... Uh, even Rutland. Even R- Rutland. Rutland would be better. I, I mean, I've got a lot of time for Rutland. You haven't, Jordan. But It's not, um, Le- it's not Leicestershire. You know, you, we've got... We've got good coverage of the of the south and west side of the county here, but you know the north parts of the county also very nice. Round Woodhouse Eaves, lovely. Um, mm. I can't even remember the other names now, which is, which is Earl Shilton. Earl Shilton, there you go. Barwell. There are lots of places, Harry, that are twenty thirty minutes from the uh, from the training ground. You should consider others. Um, I knew Harry Winks was too good to be true. I should yeah. have known. Well, I'm too People just drag business. you in and then they let you down, don't they? It's it's just it's just not very good. And exactly. I and I, I think that's why we lost on Friday because he said that. And I I would urge the club to edit that out the footage just because it's disappointing for all of us. But it's out there now, so we all know. But um, but someone get in his ear and 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 tell him that there's another way. I mean, stay in London if you want. So I'd rather he did that. That's more understandable. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Rick, thoughts? Because I, I know you you get... 
it's starting to warm me up. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm on board with you. Why are they all moving there? I'm, again, you know my thoughts on Seagrave as the, with the injury record, but it's a real oversight because, you know, it's closer to Nottingham for, for uh, ease of access, and they're all moving there. It's wrong. gives out the wrong message. It really does. It puts me off my tea. It really does. All right. It does. Uh, any other any other business, or are we calling it there? Final one from me. I will answer one. But um, Will Alves is back. Um, scored for the under twenty ones on Friday, and then sadly he got abandoned because our club doctor collapsed. Sadly, I hope hope they're okay. I think they are. Um, but yeah, um, Alves straight back scored a goal. I've seen Lovely it. Goal. Very very Lovely good. Goal. Lovely, Lovely goal. goal. Also um, seen images of him in training and he, he has been doing a lot of leg looks, extensions. His VMO looks tremendous. So well done, Will. Is what what was that thing that, that um football hipster said? His transitional IPA or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Will Alves has got that as well. Verticality. That's the verticality. So yeah, I'd um I think he'll play tomorrow night for the under twenty ones in the Papa John's or whatever it's now called against Fleetwood. And then Get him on the bench for Saturday versus Millwall. Get him in. Uh, Millwall. What about Middlesbrough? <laughs> Millwall. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Perfect. End it on a nice and positive. Really good to see him back playing. We're very excited about him. Right. Chaps, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, listeners. Um, see you next week. Podcast Network.